0: Worship You, God, because worship comes from the heart. And God, as we sing songs like, I can only imagine, um, Lord, let it be our heart's cry that we can only imagine what it's going to be like. And that's the hope in which we have and why we come together. So God, we ask as uh, we enter into and continue to enter into this time of worship, uh, Lord, that we can focus on you. We can hear what it is that you have to say. And Lord, as we leave out of here, we can take your word with us and apply it to our lives. Lord Jesus, we pray this in your beautiful name. Amen. Amen. All right, the uh, youngsters can go. Youngsters. Yeah, so, um, you know, it it is, uh, and I I think you guys are are doing a a really good job. um, In the absence of our worship team, is that far enough away for you, Bob? Okay. Um, I mean, it is, it is awkward. I mean, it's awkward sometimes to, to watch the, uh, the video screen. We don't have it, people up there leading us. But nonetheless, I, I think that um, with technology, we're, we're blessed to be able to do you know, what it is that we, we do. Um, they will be back next week, um, and uh, we'll continue to, to, to rock it out. Um, along those lines also, uh, be in prayer for your brothers and sisters that are not here today. I know that the, that flu nasty yuckiness is uh, going around. I know Dan this morning said he was uh, not feeling it. Uh, well, he was feeling it. He was feeling the yuckiness. Um, and I know that like uh, Kalina and Matt, they're still battling that. And there's others that are, are battling that, that yucky strand of um, flu. I don't know what, what the exact strand is it's an a, e, kind of flu. So, anywho, how we doing? Good. So last week you guys got to hear from one of my friends, right? From, from Matt Chandler. I, I wish I could say that, and he is. He's a brother, right? He's a brother, and he's all of our friends. Uh, but no, I, I had a, um, I, I wanted you guys to hear that message because in a few weeks um, we're going to uh, dive deeper into the kingdom of God and I think that that, that was a, a good um, introduction into what we're going to talk about in, in, in a few weeks and understanding what the kingdom of God is and how it applies to our lives and how we're to live it and all of these things we're going to uh, um, we're gonna dive into in, in the upcoming weeks. But um, today we're starting uh, a, 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 a few week series um, and because uh, I know that you're all asking the question, what's up with the puzzle pieces? Um, this is kind of how the inside of my brain is—like scattered pieces all over the place. Come on, we got you. Got to interact. That was funny. Um, no, it wasn't. It was lame. It, it was almost as lame as Jake's tie. Um, oh man, nothing's that bad, right? He's not in here to defend himself. I didn't even think so. Make sure you say something. But uh, no, So, so here's what I want to do um, is we're starting the series. On um, and I, I titled the series pieces to the puzzle um, and, and I think it's that there's no special anything to any of those puzzle pieces so don't try to figure out some type of formula or the configuration or anything. I just threw them up there where they wherever they would stick. but I just want you guys to start thinking about puzzles right so because um, puzzles. I, I can't say this because I know I'm in, in a diverse crowd, but most everybody likes puzzles. At one point or another in your life, you've done a puzzle, um, and, and you, I would hope, enjoy doing puzzles. It, it passes some time. I, I personally, I, I love doing puzzles, but I think I've shared with you in the past, we don't do puzzles in the Kachner household um, for the time being because we have two um, demonic animals that, that uh, roam the house, cats, Right? And I hate, I mean, there's been times you get down to the, like, the last little bit of it, and you have, like, two or three pieces left, and there's no pieces left. I mean, there's two or three spots left, and you're like, what happened to it? And then you find a hairball that has a puzzle, half of the puzzle piece. It, 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 come on, you know what happens, right? But anywho, puzzles are fun because it, 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 you take something that's all scattered, and you put it together, and it makes a picture, Right? And it's like you have a sense of accomplishment. Well, what I want to do, and I said, who doesn't like puzzles? You know, I love them, whatever. But um, what do what, what you do when you, when you have that sense of accomplishment? When you're doing these puzzles, you're putting all these pieces together, what is the, the, um, one of the, the, the main uh, things, I'm just going to say a thing, what is one of the main things that you do while you're putting puzzles together? Think, okay. Some of you, wait, what? Look at the big picture. So you, I mean, when you take the box, right? I, I, maybe you have a system where you, you sort out all of the edge pieces. You get the corner pieces, and then you do the edge pieces, and, and, right? And then you get the different colors. Well, this is going to be here. And you, you, you t- try to, like, separate everything, right? But you're doing this because you have the picture to look at, right? You've got the big picture view, and you're looking at this picture, and you're like, okay, hey, this is what I need to accomplish, well, I'm going to throw a twist in here because I'm not going to give you the big picture view of the puzzle in which we're going to put together over the next few weeks. What we're going to do is as we, put, as we um, uh, proceed in this, the, the, these puzzle pieces, uh, you're going to have to put the, the, the puzzle together and see if you can come up with um, what it is that I'm thinking, which is scary, right? Very, very, very scary. But as we go, the, the things are going to be revealed. Now, um, the pieces that that I'm going to give you uh, over the next few weeks are going to be along the lines of, um, we're going to to be in Scripture, we're going to be reading a lot of Scripture, and, and the pieces are going to be kind of like memories of the disciples, so, so when, we're, when we're going through this, um, think about all these pieces of the puzzle are these thoughts and these memories of um, Jesus's disciples, because yeah, you know in a couple of weeks it, it is Easter. So we're, we're looking at it um, from this, this view. I want to kind of look at this whole Easter uh, season at this time um, with, with a view from like, how did it How did this impact the disciples? What were they thinking? What were they remembering? How were they acting? All of those types of things. So if if, um, some of the the, the sermon points or even the sermons as we go through this uh, seem sporadic, um, they probably are because they're all pieces of this puzzle. That will all come together in the end and I think we'll all go like, oh yeah, I get it now. We'll all be able to reflect back on all of the little pieces and see how they came together. So the puzzle pieces are memories of the disciples. So how, do we, how are we going to start all of this out? How are we going to dump all of the pieces out of the box and start. well, the, the setting in which I want us to start in with the, the disciples is, is the setting that is, um, uh, is, is after the crucifixion of Jesus. So, so Jesus ha- has been crucified. And, and what I want to look at for the, the next few weeks, probably um, this week, uh, next week's Palm Sunday, um, when we hand out palm branches, do not sword fight with them. I, I know Jeremiah is going to. When, I mean, he's not here to defend himself, but he will. Uh, but don't, ogre, don't make sure, right? Make sure no. Um, but anywho, so next week's Palm Sunday, we're going we're gonna to look at um, all of the, the, these, these events, but what I want to look at uh, is, is the time in the, these next couple weeks, uh, next three weeks actually, is the time between Jesus's crucifixion and his resurrection. Because I think a lot, we, we, we talk about um, the, the events leading up, and we will, we talk about the events leading up to Jesus' death, and then we skip a couple days, like a, as if Saturday never even happened, um, we, we, we skip a couple of days and get to, to, to Sunday, and it's like, all right, Jesus rose from the dead, which is, I'm not minimizing that, the most important thing that ever happened in all of history, all right? So, uh, but the time in between there is like the the setting in which I want to start out with in in this series in which we're going to to do. So, the the setting is um, uh, the disciples are, are, are trying to figure out what the heck just happened, right? So, so, so think about that. I mean, you, you got you got Peter and you got James and you got John. They're all sitting around. Um, you got Nathaniel and you got you got the, the sitting. You have, you have Judas, not Iscariot. Who, who would like to have that name, right? Have you ever thought? I thought that was always funny because you, it, when when naming the disciples, it says Judas, not Iscariot. It's important to say not a right? If you're like, I don't understand that. Just just read it. It'll be fine. You'll figure it out. So they're sitting around. They're like, man, what just what just happened? Because because um, Jesus was just, is just was just murdered. He was hung on on, on the cross. And now they're, they're, they're gonna kill us too. Are they gonna come after us? It says that they were um, in fear for their lives, so they, they, they hid. And they're like, okay, man, what, what, what in the world, what in the world is going on? What 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 just happened? What do we do? How are things going to go? I mean, can I, can I phone a friend? Can I do, what, 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 what's next? And I think that this was something that was going on. I think that there was a little bit of shock because their world has just been turned upside down. For the last, what, three years, they were following Jesus. And now Jesus is no longer there. And they're like, okay, what do we got to do? And I don't think that was the first thing. I think that there was a lot of Silence and probably rocking in the corners like oh, oh, what what's up uncertainty no, no one ever, has ever experienced uncertainty in here, right? One of the most uh, daunting feelings that we can have is that that, that uncertainty we don't know what 's next, especially for someone like, like, like me that, that, that I like to know what's going on. I like to prepare. my wife says I like to control, but I like to prepare, right <laughs> not knowing what 's next is like oh." So, so, so you know, Nathaniel was just like out of his mind because he's supposed to be like the analytical one. He, 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 you know, has everything processed out. He's like freaking out. So they're they're thinking about. it. And I'm sure that there's some thinking that was going on, but they're in shock, right? We could we could probably agree that they were in shock at, at this time. Well, while they're in shock, and if you want to say hurry up, Lee, and get to some some Bible, I will. You can start turning to Mark chapter eight. We're going to get there. Um, while this time that they're in shock, I envision—I envision one of the disciples. You can, whatever one's your favorite disciple, you can—you can think that they're—they're they're saying this, whatever. But one of the disciples looks at him and say, "Okay, what—what what is going on? I, um what what—what—what what are we going to do? What are we going to do? We're going think, 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 think. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? We, we, everything's like, everything's just like gone out. It's all crazy. It's all chaotic." What are we going to do? And then one, another one says, "Probably it, it's probably Nathaniel at this time." Like, okay, let's think through this. Let's just like, stop for a second. Let, let's remember. Let's let's just try to remember what what we learned over the last three years. And I think that that, that one of them, again, fill in the blank, whoever, whatever one, probably one of the sons, the sons of thunder. Uh, but no, because we're going to see that that didn't go well for them. But uh, probably maybe Peter. you know, m- Maybe even at this point, it's, it's, it's Matthew who says, you know what, wait a second, because Matthew was, a, was the tax collector and, and I'm sure he wrote a lot of stuff down. I'm sure he's like flipping back through his notes and he's thinking, hmm. Man, I, I remember that we, we, you know, we went and got that donkey and and after we got the donkey, we 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 went into to Jerusalem. But but before that happened, there was something. I mean, something. And I feel that there was something important. And and I think as a light bulb goes off, one one of them said, "Wait a second, Jesus, he healed that blind dude, right? He we we were coming out of of Jericho." And as we were coming out of Jericho, he, he healed the, the, this blind dude. This blind dude was like yelling at him and all of a sudden he, he's saying, no, come here, and I'm going to heal him. And I think that, that, that at that point, Peter and James and John, though those were the sons of thunder, James and, and John, I think that they were off to thinking, but yeah, wait a second. Even before that happened, Jesus warned us of what was going to happen, I, I just he 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 told us something was going to happen to him. He he said that, 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 that ah man what 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 was it that he said? And I think that at this point they're they're trying to to remember what what, what, what Jesus was saying because at, at, at that moment they're like I did, we I know we didn't understand it at the time, and I don't know if we fully understand it now, but there was something important that Jesus told us before we went into to Jericho. Turn to, if you're not already there, to to, to Mark chapter 8. Because in Mark chapter 8, we're going to look at that in which Jesus told them that was important. And and, and what Jesus told them that was important, I'll, I'll give you a spoiler alert. Jesus tells them three times that he's going to be crucified. He's going to be killed. And all three times that Jesus says, hey, I'm going to be killed, they didn't believe him. And, and, and it wasn't like, ah, no, that ain't going to happen. Well, the first time is, as we're going to see, yeah, it was like that. But that, there was something going on. They couldn't see what Jesus was saying. Look with me at Mark chapter 8 and verse 31. It says, And he began to teach them, that the Son of Man, them being the disciples, so he began to teach his disciples that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed, and after three days rise again. So remember, so if we're fast forwarding, that they're sitting in this room after Jesus has been killed, they cannot say, "Well, we didn't know. We didn't know this was going to happen." I just don't think they believed it was going to happen. Well, what we see here is um, it says that he said this plainly. So he didn't say it in a parable. He didn't kind of try to dress it up. He said flat out, all right, the, the, the guys out there that are against me, they're going to kill me. That's what's going to happen. I'm shooting straight with you. They're going to kill me. And Peter, because Peter's like the, the, the super apostle, right? Peter's my guy because Peter's the one that uh, writes checks with his mouth that his butt can't cash, right? It says, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. We we don't use that terminology a lot today, rebuke. What does it mean to rebuke someone? Scolding, that's a good good word, scold. We use that. Peter's like, okay, Jesus, come over here. What are you talking about? And he starts to scold him, right? But turning and seeing his disciples, so, so picture with me, Peter's over here with Jesus, his arm around, like, what are you talking about? So Jesus is here, and he kind of turns and he looks at his disciples, and he addresses them all at this point. But turning and seeing his disciples, he looked at Peter, and he says, it says he rebuked Peter and said, get behind me, Satan. Um, if the Son of God calls you Satan, that's probably not a good place to be, right? <laughs> probably what you're doing is wrong says, get behind me, Satan, for you are not seeing or for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. So when Jesus says, all right, this is what's going to happen. And then, and then uh, Peter's like, no, 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 this, this, this isn't going to happen. No, no way, no way, no how, not on my watch. This isn't going to take place. Jesus says, you're setting your things on earthly things. You're not setting your things on heavenly things. You're not setting your things on, on things that are above. And I, I love how the Apostle Paul later on, a few years later, says that we're, we, as believers in Christ, are to set our, thing, our, our minds on, on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. Because when we set our minds on things that are on earth, when situations happen, we're like throwing our hands up in the air, like, what the crap's going on? I don't know what to do. Here, Jesus is telling him, hey, you're not setting your eyes on the right things here. It goes on to say, and he says, and calling the crowd to him with his disciples, he said to them, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. This is huge because uh, the, 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 we, read, we read this now like, okay, yeah, we gotta take up our cross. No, this was a very derogatory statement. This was an appalling statement in which Jesus just said here, take up your cross. Take up the, the, the weapon of humility, the, 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 this mark of humility that, that the, uh, the, the Roman government used here. Take up your cross and follow me. Forever, for whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? For what... Can a man give in return for his soul? For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him will the Son of Man be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with his holy angels. Jesus is, is just turning their world upside down now. Not only did he say he's going to die, he, he, he says here that you have to suffer like I'm going to suffer. And, and, and that's something that we're like, wait a second, we live in America now. This definitely doesn't apply to us. Maybe we don't suffer the same way in which the, the, the early disciples suffered. But what we have to understand is that there is a cross in which we, are, we have to bear to follow after Jesus. Jesus. Following after Jesus is not just puppy dogs and roses and we're skipping along. Like everybody says, hey, if you just, you, know, you just believe in Jesus and you just trust him, your life's going to be great. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that. Jesus himself says it's going to be tough. But he says, though, even though it's going to be tough, if you don't deny me, I'm not going to deny you. And I'm not going to deny you to the Father. And when I come back, you better believe I'm going to welcome you with open arms. So think about this. As, as the disciples are, are, are sitting there in the, this, this room, they're thinking after Jesus died, like, wait a second. Peter's like, dang, man, I was wrong. First time for everything, right? No. Peter was wrong a few times, but he's saying, man, I I, I was wrong. And then a little bit later, I think that um, James and and John speak up. Look over in chapter 9. And they said, yeah, but wait a second, Peter. There was a time where we, I think we were right there with you. Chapter 9 of Mark Verse 30 it says, Then they went on from there and passed through Galilee. And he did not want anyone to know, for he was teaching his disciples, saying to them, The Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of men, and they will kill him. And when he is killed, after three days, he will rise. But they did not understand the saying and were afraid to ask him. So again he says, I'm going to be put to death. And at this point, they're like, wait a second, Peter just got rebuked for saying something to to him last time. So I don't understand it, but I'm not going to say anything. Instead, let's just change the subject. Here's a good subject to change it to. Verse 33, and they came to Capernaum and when he was in his house, he asked them, what were you discussing on the way? But they kept silent for on the way they had argued with one another about who was the greatest. And he sat down and called the 12, and he said to them, If anyone would be first, he must be last of all and servant of all. So, so think, think about this. Second time Jesus tells his disciples, I'm going to be killed. I'm going to be delivered over. I'm going to be killed. What is it that the sons of thunder do? They try to argue like, yeah, my muscles are bigger than your muscles in, 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 in heaven, right? Right? I'm going to be greater. No, I'm going to be greater. Both of you are not going to be as great as the one who's going to die for you all. You ever thought about that? I mean, that, that, that's the, the, the thought that should have come into the, the, their mind. But thinking about this afterwards, they're, they're, they're thinking back now after Jesus' dead. Like, dang, we didn't, we, we didn't handle that one right. But it doesn't end there. That's why also I love the, thun, the sons of thunder. Turn over to um, Mark chapter 10, verse 32. Again, this is a thought that, it, that I believe that the disciples are having. So now not only has Jesus told them twice that he was going to be killed, he's going to tell them a third time because like typical men, it takes a lot to get through our thick skulls, right? Right? I'm surprised the ladies didn't even say amen. I'm mean, like, well, okay. So, so we have here now a third time Jesus is going to uh, say, I'm going to be killed. He's going to be handed over. So the, the, these, these disciples, remember, they're after Jesus' death, before Jesus' resurrection, they're thinking back. But you know, Peter's like, yeah, I flubbed that one up. And James and John's like, yeah, Peter, you did, but we did too. But not only just once, let's look at this one. The third time, and they were on the road going up to Jerusalem, and Jesus was walking ahead of them, and they were amazed, and those who followed were afraid. And taking the twelve again, I love that, again, he began to tell them what was to happen to him, saying, See, we are going up to Jerusalem and the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the scribes and they will condemn him to death and deliver him over to the Gentiles and they will mock him and spit on him and flog him and kill him. And after three days, he will rise. So the third time, he goes a little bit more graphic of everything that's going to to take place, right? He says that, they, that not only are they going to, to condemn him, they're going they're to uh, uh, capture him. They're going to mock him and spit on him and flog him. And then they're going to kill him. In James and John, it says, the sons of Zebedee came up to him and said to him, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. <laughs> I, I mean, just think about this. Jesus, for the third time, just said he's going to be killed, right? And now, it's almost as if to the, at this point, James and John are like, yeah, 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 yeah. But, uh, that's why, yeah, I, I, I get it, Jesus, you're going to be killed. All right, uh, okay, all right. But here, I got an important question for you. And he said to them, what do you want me to do for you? Let that, 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 that sink in for a second. Just, just think about that question. If Jesus were to ask you that question, how would you answer that? What do you want me to do for you? And they said to him, grant us to sit, one at your right hand and one at your left, in your glory. So grant us to sit in the most prestigious places in, in, in your glory. When, when we, the kingdom of heaven, when, when it manifests and we're there for eternity, let us, the sons of thunder, sit at your right hand and your left hand. Jesus said to them, you do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink, or to be baptized with a baptism which I with which I am baptized? And they said to him, Well, yeah, 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 we're able. And Jesus said to them, The cup in which I that I drink, or the cup that I drink, you will drink. He's referring to death. And the baptism with which you with which I am baptized, you will be baptized. But to sit at my right hand or my left is not mine to grant, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared. And I love the response of the others, right? And when the ten heard it, they begin to be indignant at James and John. Yeah, duh, right? Sounds like James and John were a little selfish. And Jesus called to them, called them to him. So he called all of them together and says this. You know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentile lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. But it shall not be among be so among you. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. So Jesus tells them this the third time. Hey, I'm going to be. I'm, I'm going to be captured. I'm going to be killed. And all, all, all you guys are, are worried about is what's best for me. How am I going to be most benefited in all of this? And I get it. I mean, this was this was two thousand years ago. So this this is not how people think today, right? Hmm. How many times do we fall into that? Like, okay, God, what's in it for me? How am I going to be most most benefited out of this? What's going to be the biggest reward for me? I think as we, 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 we look at this and as Jesus identifies, disciples, they just didn't get it. They couldn't understand what it is that Jesus was saying, and he was speaking plain as day. They could not see what it is that he was saying. He was saying it clear, right? He's saying this is what's going to happen, and what they did is they, they, they kind of diverted it off of the plan of God and put it on the plan of man, right? How is this going to work for me? And Jesus says, you, 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 you've got this all jacked. Look what it says there. But whoever, in verse 43 of the second half, but whoever would be great among you must be your servant, and whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. Jesus had a servant's heart. He goes on to say that the son of man, he's claiming, when he says that, the son of man, don't look over that just nonchalantly. He's saying the Messiah, the chosen, the anointed one of God did not come to be served, but to what? But to serve. And not only to serve, he says that the greatest way in which he's going to display his servitude is he's going to give his life. So, so, so think about that. He, he's clearly displaying, clearly telling his disciples what is going to take place. But they were so focused on themselves that they didn't see what was going on. That's where this, this story of, of Bartimaeus comes in. Because I, I think that as, as we're sitting here, and put yourself in the room with the disciples. They're all kind of like freaking out. They're remembering these these things that are going on. Peter's like, "Yeah, I jacked that one up." James and John's like, "Yeah, but we really got this messed up twice in a row." And but then there was this time right after that, like it was almost as if it was planned. But right after that, there was this blind man. Look at it. Uh, Mark ten. Continue on reading there. 1046. So while all of this is going on, after Jesus had told them three times what is happening, after it was clearly communicated to them, they cannot say that they did not receive a clear communication. Because that's one of my, one, one of my big pet peeves is when, when, when there is somebody that is, that is hurt or that is upset or they say things like, well, I don't know. The first thing, and I know my wife yells at me all the time, the first thing I do is I always take the blame for, well, maybe I didn't communicate this clearly to you, or maybe you just didn't understand this correctly. Well, this is what's going on here. It wasn't a communication error on Jesus's part. It's they did not want to accept the reality that was going to take place. I think sometimes when things are tough in our lives, we have a tendency to kind of put reality, the, 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 the trueness aside a little bit and focus on the, on the good things, which I'm not saying we, we should be pessimistic and focus on the bad things, but what we need to do is we need to be real because when we don't look at reality, what happens is we get, we get caught in that, that, that trap of the devil and we believe the lies and it makes it even harder to believe the truth. Here it says in verse 46, and they came to Jericho which is awesome because Jericho is one of the, the, the lowest points in all of the world. Because we, it's just outside, it's just off the Dead Sea, right? The Dead Sea is the, the, the lowest point. In, 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 any scientific gurus in here, right, will tell her, was it geologist, right? No, I don't know, somebody who likes that kind of stuff. We'll say geogra- geography, right? That's geography. I knew it would come to me. It, the Dead Sea is the lowest p- place on the planet. Jericho's not far from there. So this place at the lowest of low, something of the, of the, the greatest of greats is going to happen. I love that. That's a whole thing in and of itself. And they came to Jericho. And as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples a great and a great crowd, a Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside... Um, as, as a side note, note that he's sitting beside the roadside. And, and, and as we end this story, um, notice where he is, is at after uh, Jesus does what he, he does. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. This, this um, designation of, of Son of David... This is the first time that, that, that uh, I believe so I, in, uh, in Mark that it is used that, that um, uh, the, the the term the title son of David meaning the anointed one the Messiah Jesus the Messiah the son of David have mercy on me. Think about that for a second. He was told that it was Jesus of Nazareth. Did Bartimaeus say? see any of Jesus' miracles? Had Bartimaeus been walking with Jesus for the last three years? Might have something to do with this story, here. Huh? And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. So when he cried out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me, people said, shut up. That's, that, that's a loose translation, that's what I said, sorry. But but you can can see that, right? What was his response? But he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. So when Jesus was walking by, this blind man that's beside the road, Jesus is on the road, cries out, Son of David, the anointed one of God, Messiah, have mercy on me. Shh, you're going to bother him son of David, like he he yells louder than, I I, I love this because he knew who Jesus was and there wasn't anybody going to stop him from accomplishing what it is that that God laid on his heart and and, and the need in which he had and Jesus stopped, that that, that word means that he stopped in his tracks so, so, so think about this. Jesus is walking. He hears it. I'm sure it's a big crowd. Lots of stuff going on. Jesus is walking and he hears this guy crying out and he stops. I, I, I like this imagery because I, I think that, that too often we, we think that when we, we cry out to Jesus that Jesus keeps on walking. No, but it says here that Bartimaeus, he, he cried out and when he cried out, Jesus stopped. And this, this word means he stopped and he took notice of. So it's as if that, that Bartimaeus is sitting back here and he goes by and he stops. But he doesn't just stop and say, hey, somebody say my name? What's going on? Peter, did you say something? John, what about you? No, it says he stopped and he took notice of Bartimaeus. And it says, he said, call him. And they called the blind man saying to him, I love the fickleness of human reaction. Take heart, get up, he's calling you. <laughs> come on, that's funny, right? Yeah. Shut up and sit in the corner, don't, don't bother him. Oh, hey, come on, let's go. <laughs> r- 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 right? <laughs> get up, he's calling you. And throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and he came to Jesus. The, the, it, it, I don't think that we, we see the, 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 the significance in the, the, that, that statement of throwing off his cloak here. Because remember, he's a blind beggar. What he would have done was he would have laid his cloak out, and as he was begging, people would have, would have thrown alms, would have thrown money onto his cloak, and that's what he would have gathered that up so he could, he could sustain life. But here it says, throwing off his cloak. So he sprang up, he threw everything away. He, he said, it, 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 Essentially what it's, it's saying is he abandoned everything because he cried out to Jesus and Jesus said, come here. So he abandoned everything and came to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, you, you might have, have heard this, this question once, once before. What do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? This is not Jesus trying to um, seek out or, or gather information of the situation. Jesus knows that he's blind. Jesus is not trying to, okay, well, I don't know what you want me to do. What do you want me to do for you? No, Jesus was given this blind man the opportunity to exercise something that was vital to this situation. It says, what do you want, me? Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, which, again, here we, we, we see that, we know that Rabbi means teacher, but this is actually Rabboni, I mean, it, 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 it's, it's um, a word that means the great teacher, the greatest teacher of all. So again, not only is he saying Messiah, son of David, he's saying the greatest teacher, Dude knew who Jesus was, and he never laid his eyes on him. Let that sink in for a second, right? He heard about who Jesus was. He never saw any miracles. He never encountered anybody, any presence in time, and hung out and and, and ate some, some food and drank some wine with Jesus. He never had that. But he heard who Jesus was, and he knew who he was. It says, Rabbi, Let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, go your way, your faith has made you well. Go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on his way. Think about that for a second. The disciples are remembering like, yeah, man, he... he, he, he told us that, that he was going to die. He was going to be killed three times. And then there was that, that Bartimaeus dude that he healed him. And he, man, Bartimaeus never even saw Jesus. Man, Bartimaeus didn't experience what we experienced with Jesus. But man, there was something different about Bartimaeus. What was it that was, what was different about Bartimaeus? They're, they're, they're asking these questions. And I think one of them speaks up. At this point, I don't know. Again, put in your favorite disciple. One of them speaks up, you know, wait a second. I remember what he said to that blind guy. Not only did he just heal that blind guy, I remember what he said. He said something about, something about faith. And something about it was his faith. That made him well, and the disciples are looking around at each other like his faith made him well. Huh. Now I want us to understand that we have to look at this story, and we have to understand an important, very important key here, because too often people take faith. And applying that, and they they take it, and they take, uh, and they make it something that it's not. Faith was not the cause of the miracle. Faith was the means in which God used to heal him. What do I mean? Okay, so God uses faith as a means to heal. It's not a cause. If you have faith, you will be healed. Because there are a lot of faithful people who endure a lot of things. And it's not because they're not faithful enough. But what God does is he uses faith as a means for healing. The faith in Bartimaeus was there prior to him receiving his sight. It wasn't, so maybe I can clear this up a little bit so we can see this, Uh, like that, so we can see this. It wasn't Bartimaeus didn't have faith, then all of a sudden Bartimaeus had faith and he could see. No, because what was Bartimaeus doing while he was still blind? Son of David, Messiah, Rabboni. His faith was already there. Jesus used that as the means by which he was healed. By the, the, for the means, as the means in which made him well. I, I think that, that, that that's important. And one of the things that, 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 that when we're focusing on, okay, wait a second, Natalie. You're talking about faith. I've got, I've got faith. All right. Yeah, faith is what gets me by. And as I was studying for this, I had this, 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 this overwhelming feeling of, that's the lie of the devil. Wait a second, Lee, now you're treading on thin ice. I, I tell my kids that all the time, right? Which they still don't understand it. <laughs> How many, like when you were a kid, your, your parents told you you're treading on thin ice. You understood what that means. Oh, it, it's getting thin, you're gonna fall through. I guess I've never taken my kids ice skating enough. We don't, don't know what tread nothing Ice is. Anywho, you're probably thinking like, okay, wait a second. Faith is what gets me by. I find that to be very damaging in the sense that it doesn't say, the Bible doesn't say it's faith that gets us by. But it does say it's faith that makes us well. What's the difference? Man, I, you can be in, in a crappy situation. Yeah, and I just press into my faith. It's good. We should. But it's not faith that gets us by as if it's just a car we get into to go from one place to another. Faith is, is the cure for the disease in which we have. The disease in which we have is sin. And the only way to overcome that is faith in Jesus Christ and what he has done. What's going on here is is that Bartimaeus had that saving faith. The disciples were with Jesus, and they're like, yeah, we're doing good. We're following after him. But they did not up until this point, you can argue with me later, but they did not up until this point have that faith that, you know what, he is. And this is all dependent upon him. They, they, they viewed him, I'm not saying that they didn't follow after him, they didn't view him as a good teacher, and, didn't, and, and they were, I don't want to say they were satanic or, or anything like that, but, but their, 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 their understanding wasn't there yet. Yes, they left everything to follow after Jesus, but they're, at this point, up until that point, their lives did not depend upon the actions of Jesus It wasn't until later that they have what we see at the day of Pentecost, and we'll talk in the weeks to come, what took place there, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And even a little bit prior to that, we see that Jesus opens their eyes. But up until this point, they're remembering that there's something important about faith. And while they're sitting in this room, they're trying to just put all these pieces of the puzzle together. And two things, I'll end with this. Two things, two puzzle pieces that have to do with faith. Faith precedes sight. If we look at this story, the faith was already there. It came before seeing Jesus. And the second thing, this one I like. We as believers in Christ, right? Right? We don't have to see to have faith. We have faith so we can see. To, in a world that lives in this, prove it to me. What is the definition of faith? I'm glad you asked. Hebrews 11.1 one says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the convictions of things not seen. Peter talks about that you love him even though you have not even seen him. That's faith. And as believers in Christ, yeah, we haven't seen him. But even if you did see him, that's not going to be the determination if you have faith in him or not. Like Bartimaeus, he had faith and the healing and the the healing power of of who Jesus was and the work of who Jesus was. And like Bartimaeus, that's where our faith needs to be, is, is that I'm crying out to Jesus. I love that song by Third Day. Cry out to Jesus. Don't let anybody stand in your way when you cry out to Jesus because he's the only one that can heal. And he's the only one who can make you well.